When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles, and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Welcome to Thursday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast and let us be the first to say congratulations and, be- and all the best to long long-term listener and friend of the podcast, John McGinn, who, after he's moved to Aston Villa, turns out that he's been listening to us for ages. So John, if you'd like to come on the podcast and discuss your magnificent arse, please drop in our DMs and we'll get you an interview set up. Uh, my name is Graham Thillis and due to the sheer quality of the men joining me today, I'll be hosting our journey through Glasgow's first patter pod of the season. I have two fantastic men with me today. And say hello to our resident so say hello our resident impressionist Craig Anderson. Hello, and welcome back after many among our merry band like a Falkirk player returning from Swansea several years later. <laughs> bigger, tougher, braver, and buffer. Say hello, Tom. What? Hello, smashing. So while it is a Thursday patter pod, uh, there's actually been some football this week, so we should probably talk about that before we do anything else. So yeah, Celtic one, AEK, AEK Athens one. Who do we reckon? Uh, get the positives out of the way first. This should be quite quick. Uh, um, uh, Nisham was good For about 20 minutes is that, is that total over the game Or the first 20 minutes First 20 minutes right. yeah <laughs> First 20 minutes um, Tierney looked good in flashes And for uh, you know for, for a spell They really looked like they were putting passes together And causing all sorts of problems That is about it I think it was pretty pretty brutal really I think I, I I was watching it I didn't see the first half so I missed the, both the goals and, and I saw the, the red card and after the red card I was, I was watching Celtic and I was like watching them from a Scottish football perspective and thinking this team is going to do serious damage because 
the way they move the ball about and the kind of comfort on the ball. Obviously, packed in front of a packed defence and all that was impressive. But but what they really struggled with was creating anything. It was basically Sinclair trying to come in off the left once he came on as a sub or pinging them from long range, or they were trying to be too cute with it. Um, and these things, I think, will work in Scotland. I, I watched that and I was like, this isn't this isn't a good sign for the season to come for everyone else. But at the same time, yeah. in terms of Champions League level. I, I thought McGregor's first touch for the goal was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. It was a, a ball sort of pinging about the box and killing it dead the way he did and spinning off of it and firing it in the corner was, was, was really quite something from him. And again, as you say, him and in Cham around the midfield was absolutely flicking balls about. Like you're saying about the, the wingers turning inside, it was as much because I thought, I thought AK Athens were making the wingers turn inside, which is somewhat ironically exactly what Celtic should be doing in the Champions League level of Europe instead of letting people run rampaging around around you and leaving yourself wide open having your wingers turning inside three or four bodies and then losing the ball is exactly it's, it's that sort of defence and that sort of, sort of sturdiness that Celtic have really lacked uh, in the game as well so as we've said McGregor um, put Celtic ahead um, and then there was a bit of Celtic looked on top for about 10 minutes we'd say um, and then AEK seemed to sort of wake up after their, their pre-season essentially um, and a bit of pressure and led to a not a great goal no <laughs> Any, who, who are, we, are we pinning blame to anyone in particular or a, a unit or a collective I think three of the defenders all three of them down the right hand side you absolve Kieran Tierney of much blame because it's on the far side from him <laughs> but the other three um, Lustig which I think I think the Celtic fans weren't too pleased to see him back in the team because I think they were happy with Gamboa in yep. their previous games um, Lustig obviously brought in for his experience and um, I mean ultimately has been objectively a better player than Gambo over the previous years and should be more defensive but he kind of was too easy down his side Hendry was nowhere and I lets the man run off completely um, I think that was the way around it was with the centre-halves and they just yeah. I, I letting the, the ball swing past them as well with yeah. the, do something don't, he looks yeah. like, almost like somebody jumped out the way of it um, as much as anything else um, which then very much looked like the cat was amongst pigeons at that point um, AEK again could just continue to threaten continue to soak up what I thought beforehand was that AEK were very stodgy side but didn't create an awful lot of chances but if you give them a goal in that way then that's fine that's, that's exactly what they're looking for second half was not much of an event broadly um, red card kind of yeah Red card kind of killed AEK's adventurous instincts. Fair enough. I, I thought the, the second yellow was quite harsh because I didn't know that there was too much of a contact there. I don't, I, I don't know. I thought the... Because it was a, one of the few bits of well-linked Celtic player Forrest running onto a Rogic back heel. I thought it was fair enough at the time. Forrest is busting through. If you've been booked, whether you've been booked two minutes previously or not, it, I thought it was fair enough. It wasn't, as you say, not a huge amount of contact, but I got the impression he knew what he was doing, mainly because he threw his hands up in the air. And if you throw your hands up in the air, then I'm quite happy to see players book, because if you do it, then you're essentially saying, please book me and move your hands about. One thing I, I did, was very confused about on sort of watching Celtic TV was that they kept referring to Celtic part-time, and I'm not sure whether that's similar or different to Greenwich <laughs> Mean Time, or British Summer Time, or... That's a, that's a thing that Celtic that do. So I've seen Celtic put out um, tweets, and they would have uh, the, the picture for the times that the game kicked off around various... Right. countries and they've obviously that's obviously the wee shtick that they're going for because then they'll, they'll say you know it's 3 o'clock kick off Celtic Park time 
4pm Berlin or 4pm Europe and yeah. midnight Sydney or whatever it would be but um, it's all Celtic yes, it's a, yeah. Yeah. utterly baffling that's very Celtic <laughs> isn't it um, anything else really to say on this game uh, I think that the most alarming thing for Celtic though was uh, they were Olivia and Chan's leg exploding halfway that, through because it's made a marshmallow leg marshmallow leg definitely was, was particularly alarming um, <laughs> but I think the way that they, they couldn't raise the tempo uh, at no point could they raise the tempo and in, in Scotland and in a lot of games I've seen them in Europe when they've had a setback they've been able to like up it a wee bit and for 40 minutes last night they looked relatively comfortable and looked like you know it was only going to be a matter of time before they, they might you know they might sit on a goal but they're probably more likely to get a second then they have a setback and they, they just panicked and there was no composure there was no one that was like thinking right we, we need to up this a bit we need to get this forward a bit we need to stretch them an awful lot more and they, they effectively played for 1-1 from that point I think that's a concern for them particularly given that as we're always very keen to highlight that the Scottish teams when they play Scandinavian teams is that they're midway through the season so you know it'll be, it'll be very difficult for Scottish teams but this is an opposite scenario where mm-hmm. Celtic have played half a dozen games have played at a decent level have played against a Scandinavian team who they beat quite comfortably and quite handsomely um, and then play against AK Athens who have played their first competitive game of the season and after the first 25 minutes you wouldn't have known the difference um, if you were to as you say without being unable to raise the game uh, and push it a little bit harder you would have presumed it was AEK that were half a dozen games in their season I think you have to say they've been quite unlucky with the draw because yeah. AEK if you, look, if you look at who they're playing they would play in the next round of winner plays like Malmo and um, Videoton or Vide, whatever they're called the Hungarian team they used to be called Videoton I think they've changed it um, to sound less yeah, 18 exactly <laughs> but the um, DVDton that, that's, that level of team is basically, basically what's left and so they were just unlucky that Ike have basically not been in Europe for a while yeah. I think they had their, their own kind of mini Rangers scenario where they were yeah. playing in the third or fourth tier um, and so they were unlucky with that from that respect but I still think it, I still think there was enough evidence from, from what you saw I think that they're probably a better team than AK um, but it's such a challenge to go out to Greece now because it's that part of the world ok Hibs, Hibs got a yeah. 1-1 out there but that part of the world is not a place that Scottish teams tend to travel particularly well to um, the kind of bulking area because of just the, the heat and the atmospheres and travel time and whatever it may be Hibs looked absolutely done in at the end of the European game as well yeah. it was, that game had everything that was possibly going from a football game it was chaotic from kind of start to finish and that's from the first leg and the second leg and by the time it got to that Hibs looked absolutely done in and I would say it was as much down to Adam Bogdan suddenly deciding to remember how to play as a goalkeeper than, than anything else that kept Hibs in the tie um, and for Celtic it's a much higher level of team it's a much better team obviously Celtic are a better team than Hibs as well but you would worry at that point so on that cheery cheery, cheery, <laughs> cheery wonderful note um, there is some football tonight obviously um, I believe uh, Fowler is talking about doing a, an, an additional Patreon um, during the week as well so check that out um, as he and I think Joel are going to discuss Rangers and Hibs and whoever they do tonight so that'll be presumably fun um, well, they probably won't lose because the Scottish team just aren't losing well that's us doomed then yeah. nice um, sorry follow- guys <laughs> following on from that we're going to move on to a, a brand new section um, called Sturdy Peg Sugarly Nail and with our enduring commitment to bits um, we thought this was a good way to go so what we're going to do is we're going to pick a, a sturdy peg which is something that is hot in the streets or someone who's, co- who's cock of the walk 
and then we placed on our sturdy peg. Of course, with the highest couple of lows, so anyone or anything that is in trouble shall be placed on our surely nail. So, does somebody want to start us off with a sturdy peg? Who is who's who's winning this week? Who's who's on top of the world? See, uh, paying a fiver for shit food is now a strong. Is that the kind of thing you're looking <laughs> yes. for? Things that are popular, yeah. things yeah. that are unpopular. I like like well, just street food type stuff in general, where. I like a bit of street food, I like that type of food, <laughs> and it's really quite popular at the moment, but what's happening is basically the people who are selling burgers out of vans are basically just rebranded the entire van as like a... Just called it fake Yeah, way. yeah, and now they look that, and they're, still, they're selling the same shit for twice as much money, and so it's kind of... You've been to Edinburgh Festival, haven't you? Well, I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> that in particular, but just that's, uh, that's the one thing that I've noticed, so the people who are um, the merchants... Yep. on that point of view are, are coining it in at the moment if um, you can host a whole bunch of them in one place in like an old warehouse or something oh, like yeah, that I mean, and you can charge five pence to get into the warehouse and yeah. then five pence for every one of you or, or indeed uh, a uh, popular former nightclub yeah, <laughs> um, I'm going to dive in with Sturdy Peg. I'm going to go with uh, Marvin Compel's mortgage payments, um, as this has generally been a, a fantastic window for Marvin Compel, mainly because he remains a Celtic player. Um, it was nice seeing in the, the lap of honours footage at Celtic on uh, on Trophy Day, as Marvin Compel was there, um, and it was a genuine moment where I presume various members of the squad were going to try and touch him to find out if it was in fact a hologram. I was just thinking, I would wonder who he was. Like, you know, I think that Man United snuck into it on the street. George Weir's cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So Mar- Marvin Compel's mortgage payments, as he remains a Celtic player despite not actually ever played maybe one one appearance I think he played, yeah. someone said he played in the cup game against Morton which I didn't see but did anyone this oh. is a, it's, a, it's a real mystery um, you, what, have you, what have you got to I mean it's like the football related but I just like Brendan Rodgers attitude it's <laughs> Brendan Rodgers sassy salty attitude at the moment I don't know that could maybe be both depending on you yeah. but um, yeah just um, refusing keeping his thoughts on things private whilst very publicly stating that he's keeping them private and knowing exactly what he's doing um, just throwing a bit of shade at Celtic's transfer policy at the moment is, uh, is box office stuff uh, my other study peg is uh, Rod Petrie um, and I, we'll, we'll go on to this a little <laughs> bit with uh, we're all doing transfer business as well later on but uh, Rod Petrie is, has I mean he's not just got a, a study peg he's smashed that in with a, with a sledgehammer at this point given that after we, I mean, obviously, if, if you listen to our Patreon, you'll have found out a couple of weeks ago that there was no interest for Down South um, for, for John McGinn. That did not exist. Um, so <laughs> the scouting networks weren't, uh, weren't sophisticated enough to pick up a John McGinn type player. Yeah, they were, not, they were not good enough to pick up one of the best players in Scotland who, over the past two or three years, has consistently proven that he is a very good player by winning various awards, scoring bangers, setting up goals and carrying literal half-teams on his back. Um, I'm very pleased that my, my, my final memory of John McGinn will be him winning a header against Liam Grimshaw and literally running up the middle of the park with Liam Grimshaw on his back while still carrying the ball and shifting <laughs> it off to somebody else was just astonishing. But yeah, Rod Petrie is, is very much a, a, a sturdy peg for me today. Um, a sugar lay nail for me is anyone contracted to Hamilton Academical? <laughs> because yet again, Darren Lyon today, Saturday, started the game, today released. Uh, I think he had a contract until so I'm sure it, I don't, I mean, it was on Pine Bovril so I'm, I'll be honest my, my source on this is not great um, but the Darren Lyon had a contract until 2021 
um, but is no longer a Halatnaki's player. I mean, you've, you assume that he's there, there's some interest from England somewhere and that he's got out before the before the window closed mm-hmm. there so he can sign for someone. I don't think he'll be turning up at Man United. No. Um, but presumably, is he taller than Scott McTominay? Because if he's taller than Scott McTominay, then maybe there's something there because he's better than Pogba because he's taller, I think. So How big be. is his head? That seems to be the <laughs> prerequisite for English defenders. Um, yep, so yeah. No, yeah. Hamilton, without, I don't want to have, again, we have a policy of uh, not talking about the behind the scenes uh, goings on at Hamilton Academical because we do value our own safety. But, Nothing um, to see there. Nothing to see. Um, but they, they do have a hell of a history of just players getting released all <laughs> over the place. It's like literally not worth signing a contract with them. It's just like turn up and play when you want, we'll chuck you some money and then leave when you want. What's strange is. I would almost be willing to put more money on Darren Lyon signing for Hamilton again yep. oh, yeah, than I would yeah. <laughs> on him rocking up any yeah, other about three week, In about three weeks. Yeah, then, next yeah. club. The club he's just left. Yeah, to play fullback, despite yeah. not being a fullback <laughs> again. Uh, my sugar, one of my sugarly nails is um, if you are a club in the National League in England and your centre forward has scored or your attacking midfielder has scored more than five goals this season. Because if they have, they will be in Scottish football in the next fortnight. Mm. Uh, they are absolutely fucked. Because uh, Scottish clubs are, we're in a strange scenario just now where a series of Scottish clubs are actually somewhat flush mm. relative to how they have been over the past, I don't know, what decade? Um, there's a series of clubs who need players, are flush, so essentially they're going to come and offer, I don't know, 40 grand for your centre forward. So if I was a, a National League striker, I think now now's the time to get in form, get your goals. And then come and hang out with Ryan Bowman and end up showing your head on telly. Very, very popular as well, given that uh, we've had all of month, like many, many months of the transfer window being open. Um, any player who had three good games at the World Cup being signed <laughs> for £25 million plus with mere minutes of the English window left, you know, never mind months of due diligence and, and any kind of scouting, we'll just you know, squeeze them in before the, before the so deadline. Scouting is on, especially scouting on. Scouting is, is, on, is, so is, 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 is on the sugar line. The highlight of that was uh, Liverpool when Liverpool signed Sally Fdiau um, after Senegal's World Cup campaign and Sally Fdiau was, a, was quite clearly a terrible player every time yeah. I watched him um, and leaving Papa Boo Diop he was the, the star man and he ended up at Fulham and been quite good at Fulham but they were like nah Sally Fdiau is the man for us um, purely off the back of the world but he probably, 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 probably built like, sort of three stories in his house through that <laughs> and I think yeah. we, we always have these like this is the most damning thing about the English transfer market but I think Danny Ings being linked with a twenty million pound move to anyone when he's been broken for three and a half years. That's what four Martin Wycons. That's four Martin. Four Martin Wycons. Four, four whole Martin Wycons. Four, four Martin Wycons. Um, so do we do we have any more sugarly nails from that? I think that's a good feature. I just uh, I, I, didn't know, I didn't I didn't fully get the concept of the I, feature. I, I, I have I have one final one, which is the Celtic block. Which obviously after their, their transfer scoops again, Rod Beatty, um they have been highlighted to not really be in all of that no um, as they claim to be which is, is very excellent so yeah that was uh, that's the that's first delve into Study Peg Sugarly Nail which to be honest may be the last it may be it's on a Sugarly Nail it's on a Sugarly Nail so as with the English transfer window obviously closed today um, we have a series of, of transfers in Scotland which either did or didn't happen um, so we're going to have some transfer talk um, so now that John McGinn is asked an Aston Villa player after a, a summer's worth of debate over it, 
do we officially call John McGinn uh, and his transfer movements a saga, or is it just a, a transfer? I think it's a saga. I'm going for. I'm going in for a saga. I think. So what do you think the key, the key elements of a saga? Long, long running needs to yeah. needs to have gone for, gone on for quite some time. I think we've got um, drama. We've got someone being snatched from the claws of another club. I mean, the, it was not like Celtic could have had him at any point in the last eighteen months if they'd only paid a couple of hundred thousand pounds more than the asking fee. Um, so you know, a bit of late drama, um, a twist ending. Which you know he he, he he ended up somewhere where no one was expecting. Um, well, it was for the Aston Villa, like literally, it was yeah. like on Monday or Tuesday. It was like, oh, Aston Villa went John McGinn and then Wednesday they signed him for. Yeah, it was a video. So no, I think it's got all the all the. There was a bit of noising up in the press. I think that adds to a, a, a saga, a crucial, part of, it, crucial yeah. part of a saga. Um, but yeah, an unexpected twist at the end. It's a a, a fine tale. Um, so it's it's. It, is it good business for Hibs at this point? I mean, we, I think we discussed before whether it was a case of do you hold on to John McGinn for the season because obviously he's such a crucial player to Hibs and a big part of their midfield. So is it better business to hold on to him for the rest of the season or until Christmas and trying something there? Or is getting the money now and getting another body in and potentially getting some more bodies in as well? Is that the, the right thing for Hibs to do? I think they've played a blinder, to be honest. I think they've got, they've got a good transfer fee, um, their fans can take the piss out of Celtic for a wee bit yet, which is always an added bonus. Um, and you know they've moved quickly to bring in a couple of bodies as well. Who look, you know, Hanman who knows the league well. Yeah. Um, they look like they've they've reinforced quite well and they've they've planned it out in advance, which does seem to be one step ahead of most teams in the division at the moment. I think the thing for me is that we we mentioned or I mentioned the last time. I think regardless of whether it may happen or not, I think Neil Lennon thinks Hibs can win the league this year I think he has that genuine aspiration I think that's the same a manager as the same person he is he'll be much happier to sell him to Aston Villa as well because it means he doesn't go to Celtic Um, and the the only downside of the whole thing is that St Mirren got the money off it because I would have really loved for like Aston Villa to sign I think someone said sign Roth laid off for like two and a half million and like McGinn for three hundred grand or something um, <laughs> just just to just to do St Mirren for, so I'm really disappointed. You, you say that that's a disappointment, but then also it has the the added bonus of Alan Stubbs presumably being giving somewhere around. Half a million pounds, a million pounds, depending on what, what whatever the sell is. Alan Stubbs being given a pile of money to walk through, um, that's going to be fantastic and absolutely box office. Talking business. about Jamie, the Jamie Vardy Academy will be funded for the next forty years. <laughs> right, God. So, obviously, as as uh, you mentioned, Tom Emerson Heidman into Hibs as well, and um, this looks like a, a decent bit of business. Yeah. Yeah, seemed to be. I mean, he was a bit inconsistent when he was up last time, but in flashes, looked like a really good player. Yeah. Presumably he's not got any worse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm making, a, I'm making a bold assertion. I've not seen an awful lot of him. I didn't, I didn't actually look at where he was last season. No, no where he wasn't no. playing. That's what I thought. I, I, I remember, but I was just checking that was the case. That's always a worry, even though they, that English under twenties league at least is kind of yeah. a bit yeah. going for it. But the thing with Hyman for me was um, he always did look a good player and the problem he had at Rangers is Warburton kept t- taking him off to protect Bournemouth's asset I don't <laughs> think Neil Lennon will be caring about Bournemouth's assets so um, from that point of view I think about what saying I think he's probably more of a Scott Allen replacement than a, than a McGinn one yeah. um, well like Tom was saying in terms of clubs planning things out I imagine that they have or Hibs had set up their 
their target list in that case so if he goes to Celtic we take Scott Allen if he doesn't go to Celtic we take Heinemann mm-hmm. either way we've, we've got our hands in the fire and we're ready to go with that but, but what do we think in terms of McGinn that, that's obviously still a hole especially with no McGeoch um, yeah. we've got Bartley there um, obviously Whitaker um, obviously a key central midfield a cog obviously obviously where do they go to get I mean you can't obviously you can't get, buy a new John McGinn but where do you go cost you £20,000 a week oh well, yeah well that's right yeah. <laughs> um, but where I mean because one player I thought um, had some similarities and you won't probably be happy is Chris Cadden yeah I, I was actually going to say Campbell more than Cadden well, um, yeah. if you're going to if Hibs have the money I don't think I don't think Cadden would be the guy I think Campbell could be the guy if they give him a bit of patience mm-hmm. with him as well if you stick him inside in beside Bartley in there the two of them will kick the league to death mm-hmm. um, that'd be absolutely magic Um I don't know. Um, I don't know. We saw Hibs last year a couple of times. Obviously, started the season one way. At Christmas changed as the, as the plans were torn up, and Lennon seemed very comfortable to do that. Whether it was by by accident or designs to hit on a far better team than he had in the first place. So, if you brought Heinemann in, do we see Bartley starting at the weekend? Do we see more of Bartley? Do we see a different midfield from Hibs? A different setup in, in terms of what they're going to do. Um, having guys like Portis in there it gives you another option at centre half so you can then start looking at playing a back three I get FN into midfield I get FN into midfield <laughs> <laughs> but there's yeah there's, there's, it's a case of whether you go looking to try and replace him again which is it's not possible there's a player that doesn't exist in Scotland at the moment there's a few guys that might step up into that but you're not going to find a like for like so it's either a case of you bring a body in to change how you play um, or you pick up someone with a view of Moulding them into a way you want them to play as well, but as you say, I think it's quite exciting. The teams do have a wee bit of money to chuck about. I think Hibs will be looking to spend a fee. Yeah, they might go to England, but there's a good chance it will stay somewhere in Scotland. You've got probably St Mirren are going to have that money. I think St Mirren are going to. You know, do you remember that time in Hamilton sold McCarthy? Yeah, and they started chucking bids in for a really bid like sixty grand for Craig Brighton at the time. Twenty, I think it was uh, something like twenty-five grand for Jamie Murphy yeah, as well. And, just, uh, yeah, proper football manager stuff. Yeah, I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. But it's, it is actually because it means that our window, our um, deadline day when it comes in another three weeks, um, <laughs> there, there will be. I think Aberdeen always like to do a bit of business in, in, in terms of making bids for folks. Oh, yeah. Actually, it's starting to become an exciting period yeah. for Scottish clubs as well, rather than waiting until this 1st of September and picking up a guy that just got released by yeah. Buddy or something. Just find it, picking up the pieces of what's left from your squad, because somebody's come in and offered 50 grand in the mm-hmm. final day. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, there's been a couple of things over the last couple of weeks that have underlined just how difficult it is for Scottish clubs in the transfer market, because we've seen that Aberdeen-Burnley game, for example, obviously that was a one-off game, but there wasn't like this enormous gulf in class between footballers available, but obviously the resources there are enormous, and they're effectively looking, all these clubs, uh, Hibs, um, Hibs, Motherwell, Aberdeen, Kelly, everyone that's got any kind of money at the moment are looking for like at, the, at least good League One players, if not pretty good championship level players, yep. but the budget is... You know, even the fact they've got money, they're still like League get, Two budgets. Getting them, getting, them through the, getting them through the door isn't the problem. Getting them signed a contract. Exactly, is the and they, that's where there's really the challenge. Right? Yeah. They, they, what they've been doing quite well is getting the kind of players through the loophole with the cross border thing. You know, the twenty-three-year-olds yeah. who yeah. are uh, yeah. they can they can take yeah, a few other English clubs can. And we've seen. I mean, I think the biggest one, the most successful one of those of, of all, I think, was um, Chris Porter when Motherwell signed yeah. him, and then they sold him back to England within like a year for like yeah. half a million quid or something. They were fuming about yeah. it at the time. <laughs> I got in myself. That was excellent fun. Um, 
but yeah, more, we need more of that as well. But that that's usually someone that you do them. Yeah. So it'll be interesting because it, it's it's an, it's now going to create an odd situation with our main market, um, which is English football um, beyond beyond their own game at least. Um, the clubs are going to be more reluctant to sell, I would imagine, because they can't replace anyone. Yeah. So it's kind of... Although, although um, English low league clubs can still loan in, I think. From yeah. the they've, got, they've got a loan window for another couple yeah, of months or something yeah. along those lines. But it's, again, there's a whole series of, sort of unintended consequences from the, the transfer market changing in England. And again, I presume they didn't even they didn't even cross their mind to think about, well, this isn't standard across the across the country. So no, they, what they'll try, I think they'll try and now bully it it through which I don't think they'll manage yeah. then it will be Brexit part 2 of all these, <laughs> these Europeans won't let us take uh, well, that'll yeah. be where it's funny if like you know Bayern and Barcelona start noising players after yeah, the Premier yeah. League and you yeah. can't buy a replacement but you've got to sell them for 100 million quid <laughs> well, well especially if they've got a release clause yeah. and they can't do anything about it yeah, presumably Barcelona will have some money as well because Everton seem to have just thrown all of their fucking anyone <laughs> that was hanging up the train centre for 10 minutes because that's great business for them um, so with James Tavernier being worth roughly one point or zero point seven Wycorns, would it have been good business for Rangers to sell Tavernier, or have they done well to hold on to him? I think they've probably done well to hold on to, to him because there's not a direct replacement. I think he is he is that what he is worth in the grand scheme of Scottish football? Probably about that, yeah. But if you lose, you know, the Rangers have lost one captain, and that would be careless. <laughs> there's a second one um, I think that the, he's worth more to Rangers if they've got cash than uh, he's worth more to them than that yeah. the, the only thing would have been if they I mean they obviously sold Declan John yep. they could have they could have thought about selling Tavernier instead and, and playing Flanagan at, at right back but I think it would disrupt the whole setup of the team because the point in Flanagan playing left back is that there's three solid guys and then Tavernier gets the space and that means that you know Whoever's on the left is usually Murphy's got. Um, he doesn't have to worry about what's behind him, and this is all kind of set up for the shape of the team, and they'd have to change that. So, unless they were going to get a good replacement um, in, yeah, it wouldn't. I don't think. I don't see the point. They, they don't appear. They appear to have money, or at least some money to spend on players. So they've been bringing in um, players on some some sort of decent fees. So. Yeah. There's no point in selling unless you need to. Um, so they're better doing like what they did. And if John's not being considered, get make, take the money for him. Yeah, I don't know. I still don't know what's going to happen with Wallace. That seems to be a bit of a question mark. I, I've, I kind of keep thinking he, he went up back at Hearts as part of the Lafferty thing, but Hearts haven't really. It's kind of going to be a bit quiet. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Again, I don't know whether Rangers will be waiting until the end of. Scottish window and if it's a case of we haven't managed to locate somebody that we haven't located in a, under 23 that's 6 foot tall yeah. or 7 foot tall then we'll go back for Kyle Lafferty and chuck Lee Wallace out to sweeten the deal um, I think there may be they're still ongoing disciplinary oh, ok so that probably makes sense I think it Rangers so I think it might have, have details of that as well uh, but yeah and then I don't think it actually happened then, but Windass as well was, was on his no, way I think to that was happening um, the last I read before you came in was yeah. uh, somebody in the know was it um, Raman from yeah. STV had said that was done he's on his way that to on his way a, to I about a half Wycom for him was it mm-hmm. uh, I thought, yeah, it was half a Wycom just yeah. about yeah. Yeah. half a Wycom for Josh Windass I, I've always had question marks about my not, not, not my type of player um, a bit of a shite bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm 
not the sharpest tool in the box. Yeah. I think we've got. And the, the fans never, even when he was playing well, the fans never really yeah. took to him that much. Um, so it seems like good business to get him yeah. out. Yeah, bear in mind, bear in mind that he cost them about sixty grand. Yeah, it's fine. The Rangers players sold for an actual profit, which so, it puts him puts him in a, in a small. The their business, I, I kind of criticised their business. Um, the last thing was on in terms of bringing in the young boys, but the ones that they're paying fees for is the right type of players that you should be paying fees for. Um, like the two boys have come over from Croatia, yeah. it, it's unclear because you don't know how good they are or otherwise. I mean, Katic has made a good start, yeah. um, but that's the type of business you're doing. It's what Celtic were doing, and it's where Celtic kind of strengthened up. Is you start off with you know these wee gambles that. One yeah. million, two million, and now they're able to take gambles on like Cham at four and a half and, and Edward yeah. at nine, and both of those players will make them back more than they paid probably. I mean, Cham certainly will. Like I think in Cham, if they were selling to England now, they'd be looking at like twenty million already. But um, yeah. so, so yeah, I think I think they've done the right thing. Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed Rangers signing that Croatian left back as well because it was just the most nineties thing to do. Like we played a team, <laughs> he was really good at left back, so let's sign the left back. That'll be that'll be great business for us. And uh, they may well have scouted them, they may well have been someone they're already yeah. identified. No one scouts but. anymore, we've already covered this. Oh, yeah, scouting, scouting, yeah. scouting is, is absolutely old hat here. So, yeah, um, that was. Um, any, any more for any more on transfer well, talk? Unless I'm going to be showing up during time of recording here that Jordan Jones didn't go to England, which yep. is um, one one bullet dodge. You've still got to dodge <laughs> the, the bullet. Um, Bullet coming from Ibrox, but I don't feel like he's probably going to be Gerard's type of player. I don't think he'll end up at Celtic, so I'm, from my point of view, happy. I think I'm going to, at least up until January, he's going to still be, <laughs> still be a Kelly, um, unless something else comes along. I, mean, I, I think there is a, I, I know we've already touched on some of the Celtic transfer dealings, but I do think there is something very odd with their window so far. Like, yeah. you, know, you know, going out and get Edward for nine million makes some sense, but. He could they have found another striker that could have grown into a fifteen million pound striker, twenty million pound striker? Probably. Yeah. It's quite a big act. Like the the returns on him are not going to be enormous. They were crying out for you know they're, they're crying out for another player in the middle of the park, and they won't pay a couple of hundred grand to bring McGinn in. Um, and oh, and there does seem to be this sort of dithering and a bit of civil war going on in the background over where transfer fees need to be um, need to be allocated, and it's. I mean, it is the soapiest of soapy bubbles watching <laughs> teams that have won absolutely everything. Yeah. You know, six, six consecutive not, not trophies. Not saying a fifth international central yeah, central know, midfielder, I mean, but... If you've won one trophy in 20 years, then, you know, your heart doesn't exactly bleed. But I just think it, it, it is... A, it, 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 there's a case for it being the roughest week that Rodgers has had. And continues to be as well. And continues to yeah, be, yeah. yes. Especially because he has... Um, it's the first time we've seen him kind of lash out, lash, you know, lash out and re- reading between the lines of what he said. He's having yeah. a go at the board, passive aggressive. Yeah, I mean, as it, as it, I mean, very few managers are actually going to literally say that, and so it's all it's all reading between the lines stuff. But um, the problem the problem they have is they they took in what seven million for Armstrong or what's that? Eight, one, I think eight, yeah, so uh, one, one, one and a half, one and one point six. for for him. Yeah. Um, and then they spent about one point eight white corners on Edward, so they're, they're they're sitting already. That's only really point two of a white con that they've spent. It is worth remembering that Celtic have signed a lot of new contracts over yeah. the past few years. So Tierney got a massive new deal. Uh, Sinclair resigned after his first year as well. Rogic has just signed a new deal. 
uh, and Cham who's from Man City so was probably on a huge amount of money to begin with is, is, is now at Celtic uh, Edward, despite being young is again in the same case he's come oh, from PSG yeah, and yeah. is yeah. it's not a, it's not going to be directly related in terms of his transfer yeah. fee but I if you spend be, £9 million on a player he'll be in the, the top top yeah. bracket already yeah. I would yeah. imagine there Plus they've got a new contract. Like everybody's been given new contracts over the past few years as well. But the problem is, so yeah, they spent a lot of their budget on on Edward, but they've never really addressed that centre half issue. That mm. was, you know, all the way from last year. Yeah. They went on and on about it, and they kind of got into Champions League, and they got found out essentially for a lack of centre half there. You saying Jack Hendry? I think Jack Hendry's a, a really good yeah. player, but he's not. It's a cracking project to do. Yeah, him. Jack Hendry is your third choice centre half or our fourth choice centre half. He's not. Yeah. He shouldn't be. He should. They should not be going into crucial Champions League games with Ayer and Hendry at centre back. Ayer, yeah. fair enough, he's, he's a brilliant player, but it does kind of feel like this is Celtic every year at the moment. Yeah, though, no, like, yeah. Every year it comes around to Champions League qualifiers, um, and that goes back to. Or, I think it's proper Champions League as well like F.A. Ambrose coming back from the African Cup of Nations and yeah. being immediately thrown into a game and then astonishingly after having about 20 minutes sleep in about a week astonishingly had a horrible game and they ended up going out because of it it's uh, yeah there's some odd odd stuff going on there but I mean I'm, you're not going to tell me that they couldn't there isn't a centre back out there that's 6, 7, 8 million quid they almost but you know Paying even three million for a centre half doesn't guarantee you top no. quality, but paying seven, eight, nine million pounds on a well scouted, you know, someone from Scandinavia or someone from, or well, maybe in the Scandinavia is not a good option. To get I to do. Get, I it's, it's, a, it's great football back. manager logic. <laughs> no, but, but getting getting someone in who just just is expe- a bit of experience yeah. in yeah. Europe already. I, I think if if you. If, if as a club you have a massive great big hole in your 11 for one transfer window that's you know that's poor and you've got money but they've now this is the third transfer window uh, that they've desperately needed a, a, a centre back and I get that Celtic have like a really really tight business model and yeah maybe they have allowances that they reach the Champions League every one or two seasons but they cannot have banked on Virgil van Dijk being the world's most, most expensive defender yeah. and getting a kickback from that yeah. they cannot have, so they have had all these like just bonus money infinite money cheap thrown at them every <laughs> now and again and not to be able to go out and go right we know who we want yeah. go and do it I mean, who, who's responsible for bringing in because it's not Rogers. that's not the, that's not the way it works he's got input but they've got um, chief scouts who've done a good job in terms of identifying the low value players so they've done particularly well with the guys that they've been spending wee bits here and there on but so let's say this boy Alzani coming in um, from from well Man City via or Australia via Man City but that that's fine but that's not a transfer that's not a thing they need to now that's more about Celtic building links with Man City because they want more in champs that's not about that's not about Celtic and what they need on the park so who's responsible for identifying the high end players the players that take them from being they qualify for the Champions League no chance of getting through the groups to yeah they can get through the groups I mean there are they've been unlucky they were unlucky last year they had a group they were never going to get out of but not every year you're going to get a group like that they have opportunities to get to the last 16 and once you get to the last 16 a favourable draw can get you to the last 8 that's that's a limit but and as as well as that the in order to get your favourable group you have to be there every year Yeah, Hmm. and this year Again, after the AEK game, like we were saying earlier, 
I don't know if you'd bank on them to to go through that tie. The, um, the good thing is at least um, they have a piss easy draw in the Europa if they lose. <laughs> like, Latvia or Lithuania, um, they, they, like even even there's no way they're going to lose that yeah. tie. Um, but it's not it's not, it's, the, not, it's, not it's not it's not the money that, that they're going to want out of that at all. Um, grand, okay. So after a week which has uh, seen Elgin City um, with their uh, rather unique season ticket selling option, which was apparently out of a car window, um, which to be honest I was really upset about because the visual of selling season tickets out of boot like a Del Boy Trotter was really, <laughs> I really feel it was a, an opportunity missed. Uh, for Elgin City just I mean surely if you're selling tickets out of a car you've got to do it with the boot because then it's funny so what we were thinking is what else would you sell in Scottish football and where would you sell and what, how, what else would you sell out of the boot of your car in Scottish football um, Tom what do you reckon uh, Marvin Cobber <laughs> one, barely used <laughs> one, 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 kill. One, one you know one careless owner one careless owner maybe broken haven't really seen enough to know but you know we're not going to get back what we paid for him but just uh, still an original pastel yeah <laughs> it's incredibly still, rare it's, it's still in a retro Leipzig pop <laughs> totally fine totally fine um, I think if I was Hamilton Ackies what I would be doing is selling tickets to play in a real life FIFA game um, because after watching Hamilton Ackies on the telly Honestly, that pitch looks like FIFA. It looks like <laughs> FIFA 12, um, with just players running about on top of it. It's an it is an absolute mindfuck. That, it's like a, it's like the people who have made that turf yeah. have forgotten that kind of part of the illusion is that it has to look like grass. Yeah, and not like you know, I used to get those like five aside ones that were like pure green. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's exactly. I'm sure it's good quality when you you walk on it, but it looks atrocious. It's like the masters where the I mean the masters grass is particularly green, mm. and it's like they've installed that, but it's plastic, and apparently Stephen McLean can now play on it. <laughs> um, so yeah. What else, can, what else can we sell out of the back of my car in Scottish football? Well, I was going to say that uh, Craig Levine could go down down to the council, Edinburgh City Council, of course, yeah. um, and borrow one of their vans and just uh, just start selling salt. <laughs> <laughs> just, just salt everywhere. Yeah, Absolutely salt everywhere. Salt, salt, salt. Uh, and, well, and it might have benefits of, of keeping the grass short, because I think it will kill grass, won't it? Indeed, yes. Yeah, so yes, it's yes. got a dual um, purpose. So really, Brendan Ros- or sorry, Craig Levine can drive his car round Celtic, pop open the boot and start selling salt in order to shorten the grass at Tyne Castle for Brendan Rodgers yeah everyone's happy if there's one thing we've learned from the first week is that uh, Craig Levine is going to get so far up Stephen Gerrard <laughs> he's going to wear him uh, you know, just yeah that's going to be painful if you can I'm, I'm him looking up. forward to the first manager like if he tries out on Steve Clark and Steve Clark would just wear him no comments. No, 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 no. Just staring them down. <laughs> yeah. uh, like Professor, yeah. Professor X helmets that no one gets in his head. <laughs> yeah, um, though I did very much enjoy that immediately after the Aberdeen game, it was a, again a thread in Pine Bubble appeared entitled Who's Gonna Break Stephen Gerald and Wayne? <laughs> um, I would bet all of my money on Craig Levine I'm very very excited about the first Rangers Hearts game. Well, Gerard, Gerard V. Lennon has a fair bit of potential because they're. I don't think either of them really got a filter. Yeah, Levine's, Levine's got a very strong filter, but he does. He uses it. He uses it wisely. But the two of them, like, you can imagine them just one of them just um, 
what he thinks and the other one just also saying what he thinks and it just kind of escalated. It's one of those debates though that like there is a screamingly obvious candidate but the more you think about it there are you know it is a bit like Cluedo here we could have any number of people that's Stephen Robinson himself is not a particularly like outspoken guy apart from being a big bully obviously yes yes. according to whoever that yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely definitely true um, definitely not true depending on which side of Twitter you're on but the uh, just the way Mother will play I'll rub them up and Mother will go out and um, you know Maine or Salmon or Bowman or Campbell or <laughs> Cadden or or um, Peter Harley Richard Taylor about a snide Charlie Dunn just missed time in a tackle and kicking somebody Andy Rose Andy uh, Rose Carl McHugh <laughs> <laughs> um, essentially everybody leaving just leaves one in on like Ryan Jack or one of the kind of more protected Rangers players I do wonder as well whether I mean if Liam Grimshaw's on the pitch you know like at least once a season somebody tackles a manager mm. like Liam Grimshaw <laughs> is the most mank person I've ever seen in my life he just look he looks like he's basically walked out of a Stone Roses concert when he signed up, when he turned up for Motherwell to sign for the first time he turned up in a Stone Island jacket mm. immediately the Motherwell fans took to him whether he was good bad or indifferent he was wearing Stone gear so it's totally fine so if Grimshaw is playing at first park against Gerrard there is no chance in the world that Grimshaw is not sliding off the side of the park and absolutely maiming Gerrard on the sideline because he's pre-kick-off yeah just like <laughs> in, in for the warm-up and he just sees him and just knocks him I can imagine Gerrard being the only manager to wear uh, shin pads under a suit though he seems to be the so is that, do we do we have anything anyone else that would what else can we sell at the boot of a car in Scottish football? I was thinking you could um, given that Motherwell are very excited about the fact that we've demolished a wall, which to be honest is a shame because Tom Hately once flew straight into it and I never really liked Tom Hately all that much. I was quite a fan of it, um, but we could we could sell the sell the bricks at the back of it just as a bit of memorabilia as in terms of just selling crap at a school, from a club shop. We could sell selling bits of a wall which Tom Hately's hit. There is a market out for that amongst Motherwell fans, I believe. No, it's like the people who have got the bits of the Berlin Wall in their house. And yeah, the Tom Hately Wall. The Tom Hately Wall, the one that he flew into um, a couple of days after his dad drew the 50-50. So, yeah, absolutely. I've right. told that story oh, before. Best, I mean, why, why would they think that getting Mark Hately on the pitch at Fur Park would, would, would go well? I mean, it's not like they, they learned the lesson because they, they also got Tommy Sheridan out who spent his entire time talking about how much he loved Celtic. Uh, didn't talk about how much he loved shagging which I thought was a real shame as well but <laughs> Wait, that allegedly that, <laughs> I, I don't think he's the one who um, has had troubles with those types of things in the past in terms of true we probably better not ask what Tommy Sheridan sells out of the back of his car because that's probably I mean that's definitely allegedly yeah definitely yeah. allegedly well, we're not accusing him <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> And on that note, unless there's any, there's any more, Gary McKay, Stephen McTape. <laughs> just a McTape, yeah. Uh, that was light, the, light titters from uh, yeah. his, his water themed McTape yeah. on Friday. Yeah, it, was quite good. Water. it was quite quite well done. Yeah, it's quite subtle. But. That that would have been a good feature that we, we aren't going to do now. But what would uh, what songs would Scottish football people pick on their on their playlist? <laughs> well, we can we can we can hold on to that for another Thursday yeah. battle pod. Um, that's actually us done for this week um, we have a Patreon coming up where we're going to be discussing uh, Scottish footballers as movie stars um, so if you'd like to subscribe to that head to patreon.com slash terrace podcast I think and it's $2 a month oi oi or alternately $7 a month and you'll get a great t-shirt that you can run triathlons in um, 
the show you can get in touch with us via email a show at oh no terracepodcast at gmail.com the website is terracepodcast.net um, you can find us on Twitter with terracepodcast and on Facebook the same I believe Joel's still sliding into DMs like Liam Grimshaw as well so you can you can you can jump onto Instagram as well for that too um, so thanks for joining us once again Tom thank you very much thanks for joining us today thank you thank you Sports Social Podcast Network Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy Judy <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.